You're listening to Hive Hoops, a Charlotte Hornets podcast. Here's your host, Joshua Balta. Hi, Foops. Joshua Balta, your host. The Hornets are back to their losing ways on today's episode. We're going to talk a little bit about the game in Utah. Rui Hachimura to the Lakers. What does that mean for the Charlotte Hornets? And then LaMelo Ball really nearing a return, possibly as soon as this week. All coming up on today's episode. Guys, there's no not going to be any singing on today's episode. There's going to be none of that. Because the Charlotte Hornets fall to the Utah Jazz 120-102 to in Salt Lake City. This is exactly why I said on the previous episode, do not be upset when this team wins a game. Don't do it. I know I get all of the talk surrounding Victor Wembanyama. I get all of the talk about lose everything. By losing, you're really winning. You gain by losing. Up the ping pong balls. All of those things. I get it. But please, do not be upset when the Charlotte Hornets win a game. Because contests like tonight will occur. Etched in stone. You do not have to worry about this team going on any type of winning streak. You do not have to worry about this team rattling off 9 of 10, 10 of 12, even 6 of 10. You do not have to worry about it. Everything is going to work out the way that you want it to. Because this team isn't good enough to consistently win. And so please, for the love, do not be upset when the Charlotte Hornets win. Rejoice. Celebrate. Raise hands to the heavens. Because it's not going to happen often enough for it to ruin any sort of chances at striking gold in the 2023 NBA draft. Magic beat the Celtics tonight. I'm recording this after the game. Hornets just lost to the Jazz. Recording now. You're listening. It's the next day. Magic just beat the Celtics. They're a couple games ahead of us, but they're one of those teams that's in that realm that the Hornets could possibly pass and then the Magic could slide and maybe gain higher odds and all of those things. So that's why I bring them up. They beat the Celtics, the Celtics, all right? NBA, you know, championship contenders, all of those things. The Rockets won tonight. They beat the Minnesota uh, Timberwolves. Guys, it's okay. It's okay. These other teams are going to win some games. The Hornets are going to win some games. But for the majority, the Hornets are going to lose these games. Because just like tonight, coming off a good win against the Hawks looked 
pretty good, especially in the second half. Terry Rozier's hitting shots. Teams, you know, inspired by his efforts. Have a good showing for Mason Plumley, Mark Williams defensively, changing the game, all of those things. Mason Plumley acting like a straight-up madman at the end of that game, forcing Trey Young, who I have no idea why he's inbounding that ball with 1.1 seconds left. Just ludicrous. But putting Trey Young in a box, five-second violation, Hornets win, right? Coming off of that, the Hornets completely lay a dud, a dud in Utah. Utah didn't even play that well. 16 turnovers. The Jazz had more turnovers than the Hornets. That's 16 turnovers. The Hornets outscored the Jazz in points off of turnovers, in fast break points, and points in the paint. The Hornets did multiple things better than the Utah Jazz this evening. Yet, the Hornets couldn't shoot. Story of the year, right? I don't understand it. I don't understand how a team who was a pretty good three-point shooting team these last couple seasons, most of the same guys back, just all of a sudden in the gutter when it comes to shooting from outside. Only going two of 16 from three. Didn't even didn't even get the shots up from, from deep, let alone make them. Only two. I haven't checked the stats yet. It has to be. That has to be a season low in the NBA this season. There's no way another team has only made two threes or less this season. There's no way. That has to be a season low league-wide. Just atrocious. And so this is exactly what I was trying to tell you in the last episode. Big win. Hornets win two in a row. Beat the Rockets in the battle for Wimby. Go back um, to Atlanta. Beat them on the road just to go to Utah and lay an absolute poopy pile. That's what they had. And so, guys, don't get too worked up when the Hornets win. They're going to lose again. I can guarantee Charles Barkley edition. It is going to happen. The Hornets are going to lose. And they are going to lose often because this is a bad basketball team at the end of the day. So enjoy when this team wins, please. Now, what I really want to get to, because I honestly didn't want to spend too much time on that game. Um, I mean, just not a not much to glean from it. Um, Mark Williams had a solid showing. Mason Plumley continuing to finish at the rim, hit free throws, really looking like a tradable piece for the Hornets, which I would have never thought would be a thing. And, you know, so that was good. Terry Rozier couldn't hit any shots tonight. 
Uh, still scored 23 points, but that was more just off of sheer volume. P.J. Washington was atrocious. Three points. Uh, just really couldn't get anything going, obviously. Um, just more inconsistency out of him. Bryce McGowan's had a terrible night. 27 minutes. Did nothing with it. Uh, I think he ended up getting a bucket towards the end. But let's see. What what Bryce McGowan's end up finishing with? Uh, two points, yeah. Two points, four rebounds. Just nothing. Um, Thor gave you 17 minutes. The young guys, I, I guess the biggest thing that I could pull from this, yeah, P.J. Washington wasn't good. Gordon Hayward didn't really give you anything. Utah Jazz, another weird thing about the game. Utah Jazz fans booing Gordon Hayward. Like, it it, it just felt weird. Like, his best NBA seasons he gave to you guys. He didn't demand a trade. He didn't move in the middle of a year because he was upset about his role. He just went elsewhere. He took more money and he went elsewhere. Like that was that was just weird. And I, you know, like anybody follows on Twitter, listens to the pod, you know, follows on uh follows Hornets lead. You guys know, I am not a Gordon Hayward apologist, but that was just really weird. Like. That's just not the kind of player that you're going to boo. Like, for one, he's just not that level. He didn't spur, like, spurn you guys. He didn't. That was just weird. Um, But I guess the biggest thing outside of PJ, just no. And then Gordon not having a good game. Um, The young guys just really not doing anything. Uh, JT Thor, 17 minutes. Two points, four rebounds. He had a really good block, but outside of that, um, you know, you could bring up defense, but, I mean, at the end of the day, 120 um, is what Utah scored. So between JT Thor being out there, Jalen McDaniels, um, Dennis Smith Jr., three of your defensive-minded players on the team, still didn't hold the Jazz in check, really. Um, and then didn't really provide anything, you know, on the glass scoring column, really in a lot of other areas. Um, so just not getting a lot from those guys. Of course, Book Knight didn't play. Uh, Nick Richards, garbage time minutes. Same thing with Kai Jones. Um, just young guys outside of uh, Mark Williams, just really not getting a lot, which tends to kind of support Coach Clifford's thoughts and remarks from last week when he addressed, you know, development of young players. Um, and so just just not a lot going for the young guys currently uh, in Charlotte. Outside of Mark Williams, of course. Uh, but what I really want to get to now that we got all that in the in the rearview mirror, the Los Angeles Lakers traded for Rui Achimura earlier today. 
sending Kedrick Nunn and three seconds back to the Washington Wizards. And so what does this mean for the Charlotte Hornets? Because obviously I'm not just going to talk about that trade. I don't give a rip um, really what it does for the Lakers or what it does for the Wizards, whatever. But what does it mean for the Charlotte Hornets? And so this is what it means. Rui Achimura just garnered three seconds. Rui is averaging 13 points this season, four rebounds, one assist on 48% from the field, and 33% from three. Just meh type of player. He might be what the Lakers need. Um, just off the top of my head, I don't believe so. Uh, feels like the Lakers probably need some shooting. Uh, need another defensive-minded wing. Rui, okay defensively, but really not known for, you know, that part of his game being his upside, I guess. Um, but when it comes to the Charlotte Hornets, I mean, that means good things if you're looking to move some of these players. P.J. Washington, it's been well-documented. He was asking for 20 mil uh, in the previous offseason, uh, contract extension, things of that nature. According to Stein uh, earlier, well, I guess late last week, the Charlotte Hornets are more intrigued and in a better position uh, to sign P.J. Washington at this point than they were in the summer. And so you have, you know, different storylines coming from this. You got Stein saying that the Hornets are more readily, uh, I guess, inclined to sign P.J. Washington to a deal. But then you got the whole, is he worth $20 million? And so whether or not he is, that's a discussion we'll have in weeks to come, I'm sure. But just off the top, P.J. Washington, in comparison to Rui Achimura, averaging more points, 15 points a game. Uh, more rebounds, 4.7, not many more, but a few, or just a little bit. Uh, assists, two and a half a game, so he's averaging more assists. Field goal percentage is down. Uh, that is one avenue, 44% for P.J. and But then you go to three-point percentage, and that's where P.J. clears, 37% from three for P.J. And so if you start looking at this from the Charlotte Hornets' standpoint, and then defensively, you throw in defensively, you look at it from the Charlotte Hornets' standpoint, P.J.'s the better player. Um, I, I know that Charlotte Hornets fans get frustrated with P.J. because of his inconsistency. Like tonight, three points in 27 minutes. Um, doesn't offer you enough on the glass. As you're stretch four, uh, you, you want your power forward to be able to go down and rebound. Um, he doesn't really do that. And then just overall his inconsistency. But just if... If you're just comparing the two players straight up, P.J. Washington is the better player. So, I don't know if this set the market. I, I, I'm not sure if the Rui deal set the market, but I, let's say it did, okay? Three seconds for Rui means more compensation for P.J. 
if the Hornets were to move him in an eventual deal right here at the deadline. It has to. P.J.'s the better player. It's just that simple. Terry Rozier, once again, uh, he's been, you know, reports coming out that the Hornets are going to be willing to listen to offers on Terry Rozier. Terry Rozier, way better player than Rui. Um, That's not even really a conversation. Terry can provide real, uh, you know, qualities to a contending team, three-point shooting, uh, scoring off the bench. Terry's just better. And so, once again, that's another player that the Charlotte Hornets have to where if Rui set the market with three seconds, Terry's going to clear that. Uh, and then you have Jalen McDaniels. He's kind of this wild card um, player. He, apparently, there's interest around the league and adding him long uh, defensive wing who can hit threes, uh, although his three-point percentage is a little bit down. Uh, but just comparing him to Rui, 11 points per game. So Rui's at 13, a little bit above. Jalen's at 4.7. Uh, rebounds per game, Rui at 4.3, similar there. Uh, Jalen's averaging two assists a game, so one more there. Uh, field goal percentage, 46% to Rui's 48%. And then Jalen is shooting 34.5% from three to Rui's 33%. And so that's a toss-up. Who's better, Rui, Achimura, or Jalen McDaniels? And so you can go either way there. Um, and so at the very minimum, Jalen is in that same conversation where of the former 52nd overall pick in the draft second round, um, turning into three seconds, possibly four. That's pretty good return for a guy that was a late second round pick. Now. At that rate, I'd rather just hold on to Jalen, honestly, because his extension, I, I, I believe it's going to be fair. I don't think that Jalen's going to be just getting crazy money where he ends up walking for free. Um, He would be a good replacement if the Hornets do decide to move on from PJ and not pay him what he was looking for over the summer. Um, And then, of course, you have Kelly Oubre. He's another wild card, having a career year before his wrist surgery. He's another guy uh, who I think it's fairly easy to say is a better player than Rui Achimura. And so that would be a fourth player that the Hornets could move that either has equal or more value than Rui. And so this deal could actually end up being a good thing for the Hornets. Uh, a couple episodes ago, me and Carter Bond from Carter Cast, uh, when I had him on the on an episode, we were talking about what the Hornets should do. Should the Hornets be the ones that set the market, or should they wait and let somebody else do it? This may have been a good thing because the Hornets should get more. Should they choose to move any of the players that were just stated, the Hornets should get more in return than what the Wizards got from the Lakers for Rui. 
because these players are better. All right. Uh, Mason Plumley, he's an expiring. Um, are you planning on signing him to an extension? Any team that's acquiring him, I'm not sure. Uh, probably just looking for some center depth, a guy who can come in and, you know, keep the offense flowing, set screens, you know, bring some passing abilities, apparently some finishing abilities out of nowhere. Who would have thought that we'd be saying that? But at the end of the day, I just – Rui's youth probably garnered the additional seconds to where Mason Plumley, I think, even though the, his increase in play – He's probably looking at a first, I mean, at a single second, possibly two seconds at most. Um, so I don't think Plumlee's in that conversation just because of age, expiring deal, is he in your future plans? Uh, Achimura's apparently in the Lakers' uh, future plans, so that that's where he gets the uh, extra weighted uh, value, essentially. Uh, so good things for the Hornets. If they're looking to move one or multiple of these players. Uh, LaMelo Ball, he was questionable coming into the Utah game, ended up sitting out. Um, but in post-game press conference, uh, the question was asked to Coach Steve Clifford where LaMelo Ball is on a return. And Clifford seemed pretty positive in his remarks, stating that LaMelo Ball is really close. Did some good things in shoot-around, uh, pregame warm-ups. Uh, and so it seems from Clifford's remarks that we could see LaMelo Ball possibly returning this week. Now, will it happen against the Suns in Phoenix on Tuesday night? Not sure about that one. Uh, probably could see... LaMelo sitting that one and getting just the additional rest. But then in the next game, um, who are the Hornets playing in that next game? I need to look. I need to know this stuff, guys. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, Bulls in the classic rivalry game. We all know how big of a rivalry the Charlotte Hornets and the Chicago Bulls are. I mean, just put it down on paper, NBA. I mean, who else would you put there? You're trying to manufacture the whole Lonzo versus LaMelo thing. Sure, I get it, but my goodness, give us the Hawks. Give us the Pelicans. They stole our team, New or or not the Pelicans, but New Orleans. They stole our, our team. So if we want to manufacture a, uh, a rivalry, let's do it with the city that stole our team away from us. That'd be a good, way, a good place to start. But the Bulls, it's just Lonzo LaMelo. That's all it is. And then, look, neither of them might play in this game. We know Lonzo's not going to play. But then LaMelo, this might be the game where LaMelo returns. Or he may sit out again and then just wait until Sunday to come back against the Heat. But it sounds like LaMelo is nearing a return. Did not see this happening. Definitely before the All-Star break. Uh, the injury looked pretty nasty the way that P.J. landed on LaMelo. Uh, it was just one of those things where you're like, man, here we go again. But apparently, this was not as serious, uh, which is a good thing. But please, do not come back before you are ready. Please be healed up. I know. LaMelo Ball is a gamer. He loves the game of basketball. He wants to be out there. It makes sense. The kid 
loves the game. But do not allow him to come back before he is healthy. Do not. There's no reason in risking any further injury, tweaking, or anything in a season where the Charlotte Hornets are 13 and 35, 48 games into the campaign. Do not. Do not allow it. Step up. Medical staff, there's been a lot of talk about you. Step up. We need you in this time. Um, Cody Martin. Apparently, LaMelo Ball is closer to returning than Cody Martin. Of course, we know Kelly Oubre will not be back until at least the uh, first week in February, quite possibly the second. It's going to be really close right up against the All-Star break. Uh, So that's just some Hornets injury news. Thanks for jumping on and listening to another episode of Hive Hoops. Always appreciated. Uh, Love you guys. Uh, Keep tuning in. Rate, review, subscribe, follow. Do all the things. You know what to do. You know where to find us. Uh, Go and leave those reviews. Let us know what you think about the episodes. Let us know what you think about Hive Hoops. Let us know what you want from Hive Hoops. We're going to start doing some mailbags. We're going to start doing some things, having uh, different guests on, um, people who follow the Hornets, people who create content for the Horn or on the Hornets, uh, different coverage, different things. So we got a lot of stuff coming up. But thank you guys so much for tuning in. Check us out on the next episode. Adios. Thanks for listening to Hive Hoops, presented by The League. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, be sure to leave a review and let us know what you thought of the episode. Thanks again from Hive Hoops.